0: You're listening to Rise and Shine with Carrie Altum, episode number one. In this episode, I'm talking about me. Honestly, not my favorite thing to talk about, but it's only fair that you should know who you're hearing from and why you really do want to listen in. Hint, it's not just because I love to dish on my healthy recipes or because I've got some crazy stories to tell, although that is true. Want to know the real reason you should listen? Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Carrie Altam, and with decades of experience as a leader, activist, and entrepreneur, I've learned a lot about how our fears hold us down and how radical love always lights the way. As a mentor and coach, I've helped hundreds of leaders get centered in their values and align their lives so they can serve their powerful purpose and rise into a brighter future. I'm offering this podcast to show you how you can have impact and income without sacrificing your integrity. If you're ready to explore challenging ideas, adopt new strategies, and have some fun along the way. You're in the right place. This is Rise and Shine. You guys... I have to laugh at how hard it was for me to prepare this episode for you. I'm thinking about all the leaders, the candidates and CEOs, entrepreneurs and artists who I've poked and prodded to get their story straight about who they are and why they do what they do. You know, often the best ones are so not interested in exploring themselves They're so driven by their cause, by the powerful purpose that they believe in, that they don't want to have to do this deep reflection stuff. Well, I mean, at least that's the way that I thought about it. But when I force myself to do that same work, I recognize it's also because it's hard. And it's actually kind of scary. And you have to be vulnerable. And, uh, you know, that's just some of the work that you got to do if you want to have a meaningful and purposeful life. So, you know, I always insist on it for them and, and I had to put myself to the same task. So for this episode, I had to keep reminding myself what I always remind them. Listen to the end of the episode for a special segment that we're calling the Rise and Shine Insight. I'll touch on why we really need to get clear on our deeper motivations in every aspect of our lives to realize the connections between our values and our vision. But first, here's a little bit about me. Yikes! This talking about myself stuff, it's not easy for me but the point with this Rise and Shine podcast is to create connection, um, to offer inspiration and education, and to share our stories. If I'm going to be preaching to y'all about living a life of integrity, then I guess it better start with me. Obviously, none of us can share our whole story, really, ever. And believe me, you don't want me to. But... At the very beginning of life and leadership coaching, at the start of personal development, it's important that we get clarity on our prevailing purposes. Our sense of purpose is shaped by the things we believe in, what we value most of all. To know what we value to be aware of our purpose, we have to put a little effort into understanding it. So a lot of people derive a sense of purpose out of creating, for instance. You know, they realize that they have a creative gift and it motivates them to do their art, for instance. Their music, their writing. Others realize they have a knack for nurturing. And they see that they can impact other people's lives in powerful ways. And that motivates them. So you get the gist. Anyway... Very often, those of us who are driven to leadership out of a desire to create some kind of meaningful, positive change, well, we often have experienced the underside of whatever is that positive change that we're working for. For instance, mothers who lost their children to drunk drivers and make public education and new legislation their mission. So very often, leaders I work with are reluctant to share the painful and difficult experiences that fuel their work. But if we define a powerful purpose and we really understand where it comes from, and then we align our mission with a North Star, a guiding vision, then we set ourselves up to be living in integrity. Does that make sense? Okay, so here I go. Just a little bit about my ordinary life, and then a bit about some of the things from my childhood that have embedded some of my most powerful drivers, the things that fuel my purpose. And then I'll talk about what I believe in and how I align my work to fulfill those purposes. Ready? Okay, warning, this may not be appropriate for really young years. Okay, so just like each and every one of you, on the surface, I'm pretty ordinary. I'm firmly in the second act of my life. I've got two awesome teenage boys. I'm married, and we're an interracial, intercultural family. My husband is from India, and his parents live with us. So we're an intergenerational household, too. My dog, Baloo, is the most adorable fur buddy ever, and our daily walks are my sanity, plus meditating and swimming. More ordinary kind of get-to-know-you stuff, I live in the Pacific Northwest in the United States. And as I like to describe where I live, it's near the beautiful Columbia River Gorge along the north bank of the Columbia River on Chinook land. I was born and raised in a small town about 12 miles north of here, a town called Battleground. I never liked that name. I was actually named after a battle that never took place, but for me... Many battles took place there. You know, on one hand, it was wonderful. I mean, imagine, enormous evergreens, open fields, hazelnut groves, creeks and rivers, battleground lake, a full sky of mountains to the west. I rode horses, loved my dogs. I was pretty much feral, most of the time. I was just allowed to roam freely. And all of that was wonderful. And I was born into intergenerational poverty. My mom was amazing in so many ways, but her challenges were immense. I was child number six of seven. My first five siblings were born close in age. Then a six-year gap then me, then a seven-year gap, and then my little sister. So I had a blessing of many siblings, but I also had a lot of experiences of an only child. Mom was pretty much a single parent in practical terms. She was mostly the breadwinner, the only real parent, and doing all of this in a place with really few economic opportunities. And while her mother and her grandmother had been courageous and adventurous homesteaders and pioneer women, teacher in a one-room schoolhouse, and so on, my mom seemed to get caught in the post-World War II ideas of what it meant to be a good woman. She married way too young. She helped run the chicken farm helped pretty much run everything, and she still sewed all the clothes and cooked all the food and told us we could be anything we wanted to be. But the men in our lives, this is where the tragedy lies. Let's just say war, especially the Vietnam War, loomed large in our lives, in our days, inside our home in our relationships. War is pervasive that way, you know. It doesn't just happen over there. The Agent Orange of the war in Vietnam might as well have been mixed into the tang that we got to drink on Sunday afternoons. We understand better now what we tried to ignore back then, that the trauma of war creates... Unbearable pain for soldiers who return, you know, for their families, for their communities. We didn't have a name for PTSD back then. But, you know, we did have whiskey and scotch and perhaps blue ribbon, right? And we did have social ideas about whether it was okay to beat your wife and children. And we had moral programming from religious authorities about how a good wife responds. And we had social programming for little girls to smile nice and look pretty and don't speak up. So, I had some awesome opportunities to struggle, to see injustice and inequality straight in the face when I was a little girl. And I don't mean to be trite about that. I really believe, I mean now, I believe that our horrors can be our honors when we learn to make sense of them and use them as fuel. I learned a lot of things in that battleground. I learned to sit still in church. That if I pestered long enough, I might get to wear jeans under that god-awful pink dress. So then I could climb trees with the boys after church. I learned that if you insist on being yourself, others usually, eventually, accept it. Once it was clear that I really, really hated girly things, I got to learn to swing an axe and build a fire. I learned to ride bulls, rope, and train horses— yeah, that scar over my eyebrow, it's a testament to that. I learned to pluck chickens for dinner, and I learned that I don't like to kill, and I'd rather not eat meat. I learned that books are really, truly our friends, and that poets speak to us across centuries with tips to help us find our way. I learned that I was brave and strong. I could wake in a burning home, jump out of a second story building and survive. I could lose everything I owned, and I could still feel grateful. I mean, seriously, that's a good lesson. I learned that some of those hippy dippy teachers who moved up here from California were actually super cool. They said I was smart. They said I was a leader, and they told us that whether you're a boy or a girl, your body is your own, and nobody else has a right to it. But then I learned that it can cause a lot of problems when you tell the truth, and it actually still, even though it's painful, it's still Feels better than secrets. I learned that foster care is scary, but not as scary as sitting in a courtroom and telling the truth that you wish were not true. I learned that you can know inside your brain that you didn't do anything wrong. And you can try really hard not to feel shame, but it's a hard thing to shake. I learned that trauma takes root in our bodies and grows habits like invasive ivy everywhere, and you're going to spend the rest of your life rooting it out. I learned that family can love you and hate you at the same time, and that sometimes you just have to make your own way in the world. So that's what I did. I dropped out of high school at 17, and I made my way in the world. I mean, of course, there's so much more. So much more. And I'll share as appropriate in future episodes. But all this is a glimpse into my prevailing values and a few of my powerful purposes, you know? Look, you can have experiences like this and decide that you're going to work really hard through therapy. You're going to figure out how to come to terms with it. And, and you're going to just take a a quote unquote normal path to living a quote unquote normal life and not necessarily have it be a, a super fuel for your values. But for me, it felt like if I made meaning out of, those challenges, it was a way to reconcile it all. It was a way to turn the trauma into triumph. So all of this has embedded in me a belief in the power of education. You know, it's a way to help people make informed choices and to have financial autonomy, something my mom didn't have I've worked to support educators. I've been an educator, and I'm focused on uh, creating financial opportunity for others with my own work, especially people who come from traditionally marginalized backgrounds. I've done a lot of work on my own trauma healing. As an advocate for trauma-informed processes in our schools and in our social systems, I speak up. And I'll be speaking up more about the importance of nature engagement, for instance, in trauma healing and how we need access to the natural world for everyone, no matter where they live, rural or urban. It's healing. I think you see the pattern here. I mean, I advocate for restorative justice over punitive justice. I've worked to get candidates elected who have a deep understanding of the effects of war across generations, how corrosive it is to our social systems, to our families. And right now, you know, more than anything, I'm excited to be working with entrepreneurs and artists and innovators who are creating all kinds of amazing antidotes to our Kind of business as usual approach. We do it because we've always done it is BS. We can do better. And I want to support people who are stepping up for that. Which brings me to the wrap up of this episode number one of the Rise and Shine podcast. I'm doing this podcast as a way to try to serve my powerful purposes. So, you know, all these experiences that have shaped me, they've informed my values. They're present in my life. The things I do to take care of myself are rooted in my understanding of trauma. My activism and leadership is fueled by my belief that we can create a more peaceful, equitable, and sustainable society. We have to believe in impossible things. My parenting, it's the most sacred thing in my life. And it's informed by my experiences. I believe my children, I believe all children, have beautiful things to contribute. Their talents should be nurtured, and their voices should be heard. Just to be clear, none of this is about any kind of perfection. I know I can't be perfect you can't be perfect. We can't even agree on what perfect means, I'm sure. But this is about acknowledging that each of us has something important to contribute, that a better world is possible. And when we all know our true values and live in integrity with those, the impossible is possible. There are a lot of things that we can all do. We can recognize our prevailing values. We can define a powerful purpose or a few powerful purposes. And and yes, these can change through the seasons of our lives. I'm not saying that there's just one singular purpose that any one of us has that's supposed to be the one North Star that guides us forever. But we do tend to have purpose in different stages of our lives or a purpose with different interests or a purpose with different talents. And it's important that we take time to define those. We can all set a vision that inspires us so we can stay motivated even when things get hard. Then we can all keep doing our best to live in alignment with those values. That's what it means to live in integrity. So I offered two of the key themes of The Riseway here. One is story, and the other is integrity. You know, on the topic of story, I think I demonstrated here that it's not always easy to access the stories that give us our most powerful meaning, motivation, and purpose. It can bring up some difficult things, and it requires us to be vulnerable. But some of the most important things we need to do in our lives— are hard. So take the example of my story here. I think this is a good example of one of the things that I say and I I teach. I think I coined this phrase, uh, but maybe someone else had said it before. I say, we create our stories and our stories create us. I know Winston Churchill said something about how we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape us. But I think we create our stories and then our stories create us. So in this case, if I had kept my frame around the experiences of my childhood as that of a victim, then the story of my victimhood would be reinforcing my identity and I'd likely be behaving in ways that would repeatedly make me a victim. By contrast, I've done a lot of work on myself, and and I still have a lot of work to do, but I've done a lot of work and figured out that those experiences of my childhood were actually super valuable lessons. I mean, there's power in embracing the insights that I've been able to glean from them. I choose to see myself as a creator of a future that is fueled by the insights of that little girl. I use phrases like, I had the opportunity to learn, and I got powerful insights, and I gained confidence in my ability to endure. Honestly, you know, it's a work in progress. I mean, I still sometimes find myself stuck in challenging situations. So like, I feel like I'm swimming along and nice, warm water, even though it's a situation that I should be changing in some way. But I stay there because struggle is sometimes, it's something I'm good at, and and I'm comfortable with it. But I'm working on taking it to the next level. I'm always evolving, always allowing my higher self to move onward and upward And obviously, the second theme of this discussion today is integrity. I considered calling this podcast All About Integrity. I like that name, All About Integrity, because it's something I say a lot. You know, when you see certain businesses take off, often it's remarkable integrity that fuels them. Or when they have unbelievable staying power. I mean, look at Patagonia. When you see the tragic fall from grace of a leader, it's often a remarkable break from integrity that caused it. When you understand the principles of integrity and you integrate them into your life, you enter a state of flow, like good things just happen, I swear. I firmly believe it is a key, critical quality of a good life. It's how we rise and shine for a better life and a better world. All right, so welcome to the segment that I'm calling Rise and Shine Insight. At the end of a lot of the solo episodes, I'm planning on offering a little tip or trick or prompt of some kind so that you can take whatever insight that you've gotten from the podcast episode and apply it in some way that's helpful to you in your life. So this Rise and Shine Insight, well, I have to go back to me because honestly, I'm feeling pretty vulnerable about having just shared that story with you. You know, I'm having feelings of fear, fear of judgment, fear of disapproval, even a little shame. But I know that sharing our stories is a powerful way to connect and it can be really healing. So here's my challenge to you reflect on a story of strength from your own life. You know, it can be a challenge that you chose for yourself, like to climb a mountain or to run a marathon. Or like mine, it could be an unwelcome set of challenges. I encourage you to ask yourself, how are you stronger for it? What are the ways that that experience gave you insights? Is there a way that you've told this story to yourself differently in the past than you tell it to yourself now? And are there ways that you want to change the way that you tell that story to yourself in the future? You could maybe write about it in a journal or have a discussion with a friend. But remember, within reasonable boundaries of truth, you know, obviously we need to be honest with ourselves about what did or did not happen. But in terms of our agency within that story and in terms of Our transformation from that story, we create our stories, and our stories create us. I hope you embrace that challenge, my friends. Wishing you a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Rise and Shine. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, rate and review, and share the love. Tell your friends about Rise and Shine so we can all grow our integrity-centered lives and leadership together and on purpose.